He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you. As always, head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check it all out. Sam Humphreys is joining us from the Humphreys compound this morning via phone. This is not uh, an injury of the body so much as a slip-up of the brain (laughs) that has Sam joining us from Edmond this morning. Sam, we're just glad that we could get you on the phone because uh, you're a little all over the place this morning, apparently. Dude, I swear I've been up since 7 a.m. And obviously, I'm filling in this week for Matt Ravis at the Sports Animal. But in my head, I was like, yeah, I need to leave the house at 10.50. Right? Well, I totally forgot that we were doing a podcast at 9.30. And so I had it in my head. I'm going to the radio station at 10.50. And then Colby calls me, says, are you up? And I'm just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Well, you were up. You were up, which is good. You are up, which is good. Uh, I think it's just it's such a weak field. I mean, it only has John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay in it. So what is there to get excited about this week? But we'll dive more into the American Express later as those two are heavy, heavy favorites. We've got Abu Dhabi. We'll talk about a little bit later as well. Uh, gentlemen, the Bahamas Great Exuma Classic at Sandals Emerald Bay down in the Bahamas. Corn Ferry underway. First event of the season. And this is going to be on Golf Channel, I would imagine, this afternoon. I assume that's why they did the Sunday to Wednesday schedule was to get this more primetime television. Corey Sean currently leads by one. Looking for some local names. Uh, none real high on the list. You do get Grant Hirschman at T11, only four back, which is certainly uh, a lead that you could overcome. And then you got to scroll down a little ways before you get to Michael Gellerman, T18. He's six back coming into today. That first round, 75, just kind of got Gellerman. But only six back, you never know. Throw out a low one and see what happens. But I want to get you guys' take on a story that I saw over the weekend. Currently T5 down in the Bahamas, one Akshay Batia. Akshay Batia graduated early from high school. He only goes to high school for three years, gets his diploma. He turns pro. He's now a member on the Corn Ferry Tour at 19 years old, full status, member on the Corn Ferry Tour at 19 years old. I see the story this week that Akshay Batia has a young woman on his back. Beautiful young woman on his bag. And I'm like, okay, so we got a caddy. Akshay Batia met this young woman, I believe whenever he was playing the Valero Texas Open down in San Antonio. Meets her at a restaurant or a bar or something that weekend. Introduces himself. Puts her on the bag. She's the caddy. Uh, They're together. And she's the caddy. And he's T5. Honestly, I think it's kind of an awesome story. I don't care who you put on your bag. Westwood had his wife on the bag. Other guys have done it. Yes, it's a little odd because she doesn't know anything about golf, but he's T5. If you're a good player, have whoever you want to have on the bag. This is a very unique route that Akshay Batia took and kind of a, a cool story. Taylor, what do you what do you think about throwing someone on the bag with no golf knowledge? Okay, so I, I mean, I have a lot of questions I got to ask about this. One is that, 
I mean, how did they meet? Were, did they go on a date? Was it a Tinder thing? Was it you just walking down the street and like, hey, you're pretty cute. You want to be a caddy? We didn't get that much detail. I, think I the, need to know the detail. I think the detail was that they, they met. It was either at a bar or a restaurant in San Antonio. So I don't have the answer to that question. Do you have any other questions? Oh, yes, I have many. I well, think. Go ahead, Sam. Bro, I, I, I think that this is, this is planned. I think he planned when he went out that night. He's like, I'm tired of paying my caddy 12%. I'm going to find myself a hot new caddy that I don't have to pay 10%. All I got to do is pay for some dinner date. There's no way that she's not collecting her 10%. What if they break up and then she's broke? There's no way she's not collecting her 10% because she's obviously having to forego school and or work to caddy. I mean, that's a, caddy's a full-time job. <laughs> There's no way she's not collecting her 10%. No way. I don't know. I don't know. Because my thing is, they're not married. Like, Westwood's wife's not going to collect 10% because it all goes to the same bank account. This girl's... There's no way she's not collecting her 10%. And, you know, here's another avenue to look at this, guys. So, you know, we kind of got our stereotypical caddies out there. We've got our fluffs with the... we got Stevie Williams. We've got Kisner's caddy with the big old calves. Bones. we got Bones. Obviously, he's coming back. He he took a little break doing some announcing. But I think we might have seen a change in the guard, guys. We're going to see like 50% of the caddies within 10 years just going to be hot women. I, okay, definitely not, but... It's created a pipeline. Batia has created a pipeline for new caddies. Here's my thing. Akshay Batia is 19 years old. When you're young, you just... You kind of do things at 19 that maybe you wouldn't do at 29. And you know what? Good for Akshay Batia. If it works out, great. I hope they're having fun. I hope the relationship works out. I hope the player-caddy relationship works out. It would just be a little odd to have somebody on the bag who doesn't know anything about golf. She she said that her prior golf knowledge was her little brother plays sometimes. <laughs> That's probably pretty good insight, though. Probably Because when you watch your little brother, you know what not to do at that point. But I do want to know, like I said, I got so many more questions I want to know about this. I want to know the 10%, Colby, because it's like, well, you know, if you – Sweet talk a little bit. We might bump that up to 12%. I mean, like, kind of what were the negotiation tactics to get her on the back? That's a great question. What was the contract like? Like, wh- like how long are we going to do this? Is this Was it like a like a three-month trial run, like a three-tournament trial run? We're going to go from there? Is, is the relationship determined on the caddy? If they What if they break up? She might still be the caddy. Who knows? Oh, man, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Could you imagine if he just went out and got some other girlfriend and still kept her on the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... I'm. Anyway, this was just like a story that popped across my timeline, and I, it fascinated me that he met a girl and threw her on the bag. And, I mean, look, if he plays good golf, he can do whatever he wants to, and he's T5 right now. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the Bahamas. Great Exuma Classic. We'll give you the results of that coming up next week. Hopefully a couple of those local guys, Grant Hirschman, Michael Gellerman, can make a Wednesday push. As it is not a Sunday finish, they can make a Wednesday push Uh, gentlemen, did you see what the Saudi international has done to prep itself for Bryson being at their event here in a couple of weeks, February 3rd through 6th of that event? Did you see what they did to Bryson proof the driving range? Did they, I didn't see it. They just put up a big net behind it, like bringing the, the, uh, cranes and all that stuff. They are erecting a new boundary fence at the back of the range in attempt to keep DeChambeau's practice balls from raining onto the course's 12th tee box as they did last year. The range backs right up to the 12th tee, and I remember this being a storyline last year 
the range goes slightly uphill, and it's about 300 yards long. But last year, he was peppering the 12th tee box with golf balls from the driving range that are traveling insane speeds. It was in no way safe. So I think this is a good call by Saudi as we start to get into some of the bigger Euro Tour events. Uh, Sam, how often... Because I was even thinking, like, locally, I mean, I play at the Greens, and if the wind isn't out of the south, that driving range can't hold, I mean, a, a number of guys who play out there. I can hit it to the back fence. Y'all could both hit it way over. You could hit it over, Sam, even if the wind was out of the south. How long do you think it's going to be with all this new technology before a lot of the ranges that we play on are outdated and they start having to throw up these massive nets? Well, I mean, I think a lot of the ranges already are outdated. Uh, as far as length goes, I mean, it, there's a – I mean, I feel like there's more ranges that are about 300 yards long, 300 to 320 yards long, um, than there are, you know, ranges that are 400 yards long, right? I mean, it, are you guys in agreement with that? I mean, I think that most of the courses that I've seen do have ranges like that. And so, yeah, these guys either got to find more room or it's going to turn into, turn into one of those deals where you can't hit drivers on the range because it is – Imagine being on a 12 tee box, and we saw it with Taylor Gooch last week. I mean, I know that that wasn't from the range, but it. imagine that ball hits him in the head, right? Imagine some guys on 12 tee box and Bryson's tee shot from the driving range goes and hits this guy in the head and takes him out of the tournament and costs him $250,000. Like, you know, you can't do that, and it's just a safety hazard. And at that point, I think it falls on Bryson to say, look, like, you know, I, I'm going to hit this over the fence, and I know that 12 tee boxes over there. He's not stupid. And so, at that point, it's Bryson's fault to me. Well, and two, you know, there's a lot of avenues to look at that. One is that, I mean, if he just sm- keeps smoking drivers, like if he's out there speed training and he hits 100 drivers, and like if he's like a, like, he's not going to hit that many balls if he tees off in the afternoon, but if he tees off in the afternoon, there's going to be people coming through 12 tee box all the time. And he could just, like you said, Sam, he could just kill someone if he does that. And also going back to your point of most ranges are outdated, I think that's pretty right. I mean, you can even look at courses around here. I mean, just some examples, like I know Twin Hills has a really short range. Um, Lincoln Park, even if, if you get a north wind, almost anyone can hit it over that fence. Depending on the wind, so I mean, I think there's a, a that one at Lincoln Park. That's a fun one because you're not actually going to kill somebody, probably, like because you kind of see the card coming, then you kind of lead your receiver and see if you can hit it. It's never actually possible because it takes so long for the ball to get there. But if you lead your receiver perfectly and hit the car, I mean, you can be out of there in the golf cart, get out on the course. They're never going to know it's you. So. So, so when that you one's say, a fun one. So when you say lead the receiver perfectly, you're saying you want to be the anti-DAC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not yeah, o- you can't I'm just run. It. Yeah, I'm you not can't just it. run the golf ball up the range. By the way, Sam, is your dad is the home man <laughs> is the home man a Steelers fan? He's a big Steelers fan. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that about the Hump man, and then he texted me about oh, the yeah. Cowboys, and he said, "Well, at least your Cowboys fared better than my Steelers." And I got to tell you. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, Sam. Yeah, I remember growing up watching Cordell Stewart, Charlie Batch, you know, with, with the Hump Man back in the day. I wasn't a Steelers fan because I feel like the years that I started watching football, they had about three wins. But, uh, yeah, the Steelers, that, that's the Hump Man's team. You know, one thing here I'm reading, guys, I got to complain about, because you mentioned this earlier, Colby, about the Bahamas probably playing on Wednesday for TV coverage. It's not on the Golf Channel. Is it really not? It's not on TV. 
I made an assumption. Why are they going Sunday to Wednesday if they're not televising it? Because they're a bunch of idiots. It's I, not, I mean, I really... You know what they're showing on Golf Channel today? They got Golf Central at 3 o'clock, then they've got Golf Today for like four hours. Yeah, they rerun the same episode of Golf Today whenever they don't have other content, but maybe it's a logistical issue. That The only thing I could think is that it's a logistical issue to get people to the Bahamas to cover the event. I'm talking about cameraman, crew, stuff like that. Not commentators, because yes, you want to be on site to commentate, but you can do that on TV if you have to remotely. The only thing I can think is that it's a logistical issue because there is no reason. I know for a, I know for a fact that the Corn Ferry Tour uh, has sent some people to cover the tournament. Uh, at least uh, one girl named Hayden that used to be the girl for the All Pro Tour, and she just started working at the Corn Ferry Tour, has been tweeting and live tweeting about the Corn Ferry Tour. So I know that they have sent people down there. Yeah, I just wonder if they were able to send a couple people down there to cover it, but not entire camera crews and stuff like that. Right. And, ta- and towers and, and the whole build-out that it goes into covering a golf tournament. But then my question is, if you're not going to send be able to send people down there, what's the point of the of the Sunday to Wednesday? The, the whole point of the Sunday to Wednesday is, cause you, is so that you get away from the PGA Tour for TV coverage. Go ahead, Taylor. And, you know, we, we talked about this when we went up to Prairie Dunes. I mean, us three idiots cover a golf tournament better with our phones than most times they do with all these TV covers. Take a damn phone out there, record some shots, and put it on Twitter. It's not that hard. Hopefully we'll get something. Hopefully we'll get something I mean, from I, this I'm final looking round. here. I'm trying to figure out how to watch this, and I can't find it. Google does not provide the answers I seek, and that doesn't happen very often. It probably doesn't exist. It pro- I mean, the coverage probably doesn't exist, uh, which is a shame. First corn fair hey, event of the season the way, standing alone in the schedule. We we need to say sorry to Michael Gellerman the other day. We said that he was playing very well, five under on the day, and he proceeded to hit it way right on 18, he said. He said it was so far right that Reen Gibson couldn't have even found my ball. And he said that we basically jinxed him on the show. Oh, well. The announcer's Shame curse. on us. Shame on us. He's still top I, 20. I got a question about the announcer's curse, right? So the announcer's curse always happens like right before. Like someone has a four-foot putt and you say, well, you know, if they 45 for 45 on the week, then they miss it. When we do a podcast, right, because everything we release is a little bit later with editing and all that stuff. That's a good question. So when does the announcer's jinx take place? Does it take when we say it, or does it take it when we publish the episode? That's a great question. Sam, what do you think? I think it's when you say it. It it goes out into the universe, and it enters bad karma world. I think you're probably right. I think it's when you say it. Because Because it's like when you're at home and you're watching the – football game or whatever and you say oh well they're going to score a touchdown here and then they get a sack and the other team scores a touchdown you know so yes. it's like so it's like the announcers didn't really say anything but you said it yourself right. but, th- but then it's a different yeah. aspect because it's like what if Jim Nance before the show or before the game says Dak Prescott's never not gave the ball to the ref when he needed to and then this happens you know so Dak it's like Prescott has never given his fans approval to throw things at the officials and then backtrack two days later <laughs> They jinxed him. They jinxed him. It was the announcer's jinx. Uh, Taylor, before we get to break, I know you said last night that you had some small rant you wanted to go on. What I, is this about? I, I do, and this this is totally not golf-related. I guess it could be golf-related, but I, I got to well, go down this. And y'all will probably – y'all may agree. I just want to know y'all's take on it. Okay, so Isaac Newton's mostly known for his three laws of physics, and he's known as a pretty smart man. But I think his second law of physics is full of shit. It is It is essentially force equals mass times acceleration. I'll tell you why this is wrong. Yesterday, and this happens all the time, 
Let me guess. You were playing golf. No, no, no. And, and a ball did not end up in the right place. No, no. I, I could complain about that all the time, but that's just because grass is on a stable surface. You did so, play golf yesterday, though, didn't you? I did, yeah. So, uh, uh, How was the mass and the force and the acceleration of the golf? Uh, better than I would have thought it was. Nice. So that was good. So I ended up shooting a couple under par, so that was good. But going back to my laws of physics here and why I think they're bullshit. So yesterday I got out of the truck when I got back, and I had my AirPods in my ears. I've been down to get something out of out of my um, floorboard or whatever. My headphone falls down, hits the concrete. It bounces 40, 40 feet over. It runs into my passenger side front tire. It would have rolled fifty feet had I not had it not hit the tire. Mass times acceleration. I could not throw my headphone. I'm not. I don't throw it that hard. But I could not throw my headphone down on the ground and it roll further than that. Gravity is not that hard. The mass times acceleration should not make things roll that far. Anytime you drop something small, what does it do? It rolls forever. It keeps going. Why? Mass times acceleration should not allow it to go that far. I cannot throw something at the ground harder than that to make it run. It does not add up. Newton was an idiot. So, I won't go as far as to say Newton was an idiot, but sometimes you drop something and it'll just take the damnedest bounce that you've ever seen in your life. It's, the worst for me is when the remote falls between the nightstand and the bed and then it ends up halfway under the bed, and I have to crawl under the bed to get it. How does that happen? I d- 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 yeah. Does force times mass times mass times acceleration allow that to happen? I mean, my honest answer is, yeah. how does that happen? I'm probably going to say laws of physics. Go ahead, Sam. Well, the worst place to drop something is in the car, in the little crack of your seat, and you can never find it until you get in the back seat, have to get on all fours and try to get under there, get your phone or whatever you dropped under your seat. I could change anything about cars. It would be that there's no little crack in between the seat. I don't know how we haven't fixed that. It's 2022. I'll say this. That is one scenario where my very slight frame comes in handy. If I drop something in between the seat and the console in the car, I just stick my hand down there and grab it because uh, I've got little twig arms. It's just because there's like a a one foot window of the eight feet in the car where it could go that you have to work, work really hard to find it. And it ends up there every time. Every time. Here's a question for you while we're talking about Isaac Newton. Which Newton had more swag, Isaac or Cam? Oh, Isaac for sure. Talking just straight swag? Cam didn't win a Super Bowl, dude. Newton's got three laws of physics. Cam won MVP with 15-1. Whoopty Superman. He played pretty good this year, didn't he? Sam, more swag, Cam or Isaac? Considering I have no clue who Isaac is, I'm going to go Cam. There you go. Hey, let's just say I'm one of the biggest Cam Newton fans ever, but Isaac Newton was a baller. Except for this second law of physics. I'm going to have to throw <laughs> I was something. say, all you've been doing what about, hey, is can I, can I give an option, option C, Fig? Oh, Fig Newton. Tough to beat. Yeah. Oh, Fig Newton's good, I'm not gonna go great. Fig. fig Newton's good, not great, Sam. It's solid for like an airport snack. Dude, look, check good the, call. Check good this call out on the airport snack. Isaac Newton lived to be 84 years old from 1643 to 1727, when the average life expectancy was like 25 back then. That's a legend right That's there. impressive. That's impressive. Uh, all right, good stuff. Why don't we do this? Why don't we come back? To, uh, we'll take a break, come back, and then we'll preview some golf. We've got some good golf this week. We've got uh, the American Express, big, big tournament. Got Sam out of bed this morning. And then we've got the Abu Dhabi taking place across the pond. Pretty good field. So we'll dive into those in a little bit more. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. 
When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. here on the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf oklahoma follow us on twitter at the 73rd hole instagram 73rd hole we'll be posting a lot from orlando next week at the pga merchandise show should be a lot of fun down there with golf oklahoma and ken mcleod they'll have great coverage for you as well golf oklahoma.org all right gentlemen let's dive into our trivia questions for the week here we go uh the usga recommends a flag stick height should be at least how many feet tall as measured from the bottom of the flag stick in the ground to the top of the stick. It's either six, seven, eight, or nine feet. I don't know the answer. I'm going to guess seven. Sam? Give me eight. Man, I'm between seven and eight, and I was going to go with the one y'all didn't to be contrarian. Um, I think it's seven. I, I've seen, I know some flag sticks that aren't eight feet tall. It is seven feet. Seven feet. I get one. Taylor gets one. And Taylor, you totally screwed up the scoreboard. Oh, I because did. Because the score I? is now seven to nine. I did. Why didn't you throw that question? Well, is it really worth the one point? You're right. I, I messed up big time. All right. Next question coming in up. hot. Who became the fourth player before the age of 24 to win the PGA Championship in the stroke play era after Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy? Was it... What a stupid question. This was this is the easiest one in the entire calendar. To win the PGA <laughs> Championship, was it Matthew Wolf, Colin Morikawa, Siwoo Kim, or Victor Hovland? <laughs> I'm going to go Siwoo. Uh, Sam's got Siwoo. Uh, since we're keeping score, Taylor, I'm going to throw out Morikawa. <laughs> uh, I guess I better, yeah, so that way, I, I'm, I've already messed up the score tally, so I might as well just keep it rolling. I guess they've given us some super hard they ones, like have flying been... snakes. <laughs> at least pick could a they not... championship winner. Not three no, people. Or major, yeah, or at least one guy that's won a major. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, at least throw somebody else out there who's won the PGA Championship. That was brutal. Yeah, other than Morikawa. Yeah, that was brutal. That's All a right. lot better than some of these ones where it's like, what was the ball in 1818 called? Okay. That's a little harder than that one. This is one that I think we're going to be guessing on. Uh, last one of the day. What year marked the first time the British Open's purse was paid in U.S. currency as opposed to pounds sterling. I didn't even know they changed it. I, it, it. It says 2002, 2007, 2012, or 2017. So you got five-year intervals. 
Sam, what's your guess? First time they switched from paying the Open Championship purse into U.S. currency as opposed to pounds. Read the options one more time. 02, 07, 12, or 17? Give me 02. Tyler? Oh, so let's see. 02 was Mirfield. 2007 was Carnoussi. What, what, 2012, 2017? So, so it's in five-year intervals here. I'm either, I, guess, I, I, I'm either guessing two or seven, so I'm guessing whichever one you don't guess. Taylor. Give me, um, like I said, I thought it happened. I couldn't even remember it happened. Give me 2017. 2017? Oh, I was going to go 02 or 07, whichever one you didn't go. Oh. I was kind of leaning toward 02 because that's the earliest. But Sam guessed that, and it seems too obvious, so I'm going to go 07. Uh, just multiple choice. It is 2017. How about that? How about that? I'm telling you. I How did, about that? I, they, I knew they always did that. Wow. I knew they always remembered. And so I was like, well, if I can't remember when they changed it, it might as well be the latest one. So. so you're telling me five years ago, you win the Open Championship, and you don't have a choice once you get paid out, and you get pounds. And then you have to convert it. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. Well, so, you know, a lot of people in Europe use that anyway. So Right. Right. So it may yeah. have been harder for him to get U.S. dollars converted back. But yeah. it, it said you had the option. It's not mandatory U.S. dollars. Uh, I mean, that, it says it's paid in U.S. currency, so it might be mandatory U.S. dollars now. And other guys might have to go through the exchange rate. <laughs> Let's see, 2017. Who won, what the, year, who won the British Open? What year will the major champions get paid in Bitcoin? Oh, oh good, good question. question. 2017 I'm, was when Spieth won at Burkdale. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, let's go. I'm going to throw out 2107. 90 years later, they'll get paid in Bitcoin. Now, the question is, is it Bitcoin or just crypto? Because there's a difference there. Has to be Bitcoin. Crypto. Okay, now we're... Okay. <laughs> Literally <laughs> both at the same time said the opposite thing. I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, 2055. I'm not, I'm not on the same page with anybody today. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Let's do a uh, little strength of field action. We've got two events, so let's do strength of field comparison, Tyler. Which one do you have pulled up first? Yeah, so I, I got both of them here. Do y'all want to try to guess the strength of field of each, or do you want to do the difference in them? Uh, let's try to guess the strength of field of each. Okay. Let's try to do that. Yeah. Sam, and it'll be interesting because um, the one the tournament that I thought would be ranked higher really isn't, so it's pretty uh, interesting. Okay, Sam, uh, let's start with Abu Dhabi. Guess the strength of field for Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi's Morikawa, McElroy, Hovland, Hadley, yeah, I got Lowry, it. I got it. Yeah, yeah but give me 300. 300 for Abu Dhabi. I think you're in the ballpark. Um, now, did they add extra points on for Adam Scott growing a beard, or is that not – do they not take that I into account? I think they were going to, but then he switched away from Titleist, so then they took it off. All right, Adam Scott, good-looking guy, by the way. Akshay Patia needs to put him on the bag. Um, let's see. <laughs> I probably wouldn't meet in a bar in San Antonio. That's a great point. I'm going to go 300 seems just a hair high because it falls off pretty good after the top. Let's go with 269. Boy, damn close. 263. Hey, let's go. Let's All right, go. Now, now we got the American Express with some uh, some big players, but then it kind of drops off a little bit. So, uh, Sam, you want me to go first on this one? So I can give you a point of reference to guess off of. Uh, no, nope, Ra- I want to go first. The fire away. Go ahead. We're on All the same right. page again. It's, it's 273. Uh, no, it's definitely not 273. You're way off. Way off. Not even close. Um, I think it's at least 300. Rom and Cantlay seem like they would nuke it a little bit, make it go up higher. I'm going to go, let's go 369 with the MX. Y'all are both right in the middle. 322. 322. Uh-huh. So 22, 69, 47. And Sam said what? 
273. And what was it? 322? 322, yeah. Three, so 22 and uh, 23 is 45. Let's let everyone mm. know that Kobe's doing this off of his head. He's mm. not even typing this in. That's how smart he is. All right. We were close. Split the difference. Two good tournaments. Um, I, I didn't. Th- I would have thought the Abu Dhabi would have been higher, but when you got Rom, Ke- and then I said it kind of drops off. But you got a lot of guys from the uh, twenty to fifty range in the field. Probably about ten of them. So that that kind of helps it out a lot. Yeah, definitely does. I think. I, I mean, I'll have more interest in the American Express. Obviously, the the hours make it easier. But if I'm up early, you better believe Abu Dhabi's coming on. If I'm up early, I don't know exactly what time the coverage is, but hey. usually it falls early in the morning here. Yeah. We're going to have to get used to uh, Hovland playing over in Abu Dhabi and stuff like that because there's some rumblings that he might be going over to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, there's definitely some rumors and things are swirling. I, I don't know when – like, when do you think we'll actually know who's doing what? When is the tour even supposed to start? I don't know. They, they said that it could start this year, but they're not sure. They're still working on logistical issues, I think. So, I don't know. I mean, Nobody we, 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 knows. Exactly. A lot of it is just so unknown. You know what's not unknown? The service that you're going to get when you go see our friends at, at Ring Family Dentistry. It's predictable. You know what you're getting every time, and what you're getting is the absolute best. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. You want it, they've got it. Implants, Clearliner Orthodontics, they do it all. Doctors Philip and Brennan Ring have a simple philosophy. Work with what you have, say what you can, and replace what you can't. Some dentists can overtreat. They will only do what is absolutely needed. If they can't show why it's needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. That is Ring Family Dentistry. Give them a look here in Oklahoma City. Uh, gentlemen, shall we dive in to our DraftKings lineups? I'm trying to remember who was first last week. We're going to give it default to Sam since he had first, second, and third, and since he can't submit his lineups because he broke his DraftKings. So, Sam, why don't you go ahead and kickstart us with your cheapest option on DK this week? Okay, so I have two lineups that are really good. So what I'm going to do is I need the cards for my DraftKings lineup first. We need the cards, Colby. You need the cards. Okay, I got the cards. We're ready. Is this the All first right. time we've done if the cards rec- uh, uh, not in person? Oh, it is. And it's also the first time I've done the card for a DraftKings lineup. I created two beautiful DraftKings lineups. Tyler, let's lie to him about what card we choose and pick his golfers for him, and we just won't tell him. We'll keep it between us. <laughs> We're going to be like Hideki's interpreter. Okay, Sam, go ahead. <laughs> Wait, actually, never mind. I'm going with this one. <laughs> actually, never mind. Man, Ow. my man Kobe just hit his head on the thing because he was digging for stuff. Let it go, Sam. We got a new <laughs> studio here at the house. We got kicked out of our studio to turn it into a nursery because this child is selfish. <laughs> 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 Where's the baby going to sleep? On the floor? You better hope Dana doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> oh, it's all uh, it's all in the best interest of comedy. And there's a ledge. So we're back here in a different room now, and there's a ledge coming out. It's right behind my head, and I haven't gotten used to it yet. That's the second time I've leaned back like to laugh and just smoked the back of my cranium on this ledge. So we're going to have to take it easy <laughs> as we adjust to our new setting here. Uh, my Sam, man got his unborn baby right. <laughs> Sam, go ahead. <laughs> Davis loved the third because he what? was what? six thousand. That's funnier than what I six thousand. Is this nineteen ninety seven? Six thousand on DraftKings. Davis Love is gonna make the cut this week. He's overpriced. 
is way overpriced. There's no value there. Uh, I'm about to have to, I'm about to take Kobe to the hospital for concussion protocol because he banged his head and the Davis Love pick threw him off more than that. All right, Taylor, I'm pretty sure you were higher up in DraftKings than I, I, I was last was. week. I definitely was. You sucked last My, week. So. It was so bad. I had Furyk on Thursday, too. If you can't tell, I'm going top-loaded. I, I would I hope sure, so if you're playing Davis Love. <laughs> Sam just went all 6,000, guys. to be fun. I had Furyk 6,500. Was first-round leader for a while last Thursday. And I finished like 13th out of 15 hey, in the DraftKings. you told us in the preview show all you wanted was Furyk to make the cut, and that's what he did. He did. He made the cut. But that's but, but why you don't wanted... have a score in mind, because after leading the tournament, you don't want to just make the cut. But I also wanted Abraham Answer and Webb Simpson to win the tournament, and that didn't work out. How'd that work? Uh, Abe had a couple extra days to prepare for the American Express. Could come in handy. It could. I th- I do <laughs> like him this week. I'm going all the way up to, I'm going to not stay in the 6,000 range. I'm going to go up to uh, 7,100. I got two guys in this range. So I'll go ahead and lead off with a guy that I believe you were on last week, Colby. Vincent Whaley. Been playing some yeah. really good golf. Doesn't know how to miss a cut, apparently. And actually, he back even when he wasn't that good of a player, he uh, made the cut back here in 2019, I believe. So I, I really like Vincent Whaley this week. And for my cheapest option, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, absolutely it is. I'm going to go, my cheapest option, 7,100. Uh, and it is Andrew Putnam, who plays this course sneakily well. You know, he, he hasn't won the top golf tournament. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of high finishes on tour. He's just a good, solid player who goes out and makes cuts. Last three years, looking at best cumulative score to par the last three years at this event, he's fifth in that ranking at 43 under the last three years in this event. So Andrew Putnam is my cheapest option at 7,100. My next cheapest option is the guy who's right behind him at 42 under the last three years on that list, including a win. He uh, he has a second-place finish at this event four years ago. He did finish 64th last year, but he was the defending champ. I think that got in his head. Andrew Landry plays this place great. I'm going to give him my second cheapest option at uh, 7,200. So I'm going Andrew, Andrew to start off my list. That's Andrew squared. That's going to be tough to beat. Are you going to draft Andrew Luck? with your next pick? Oh, it's a great question. It's a well, great he question. He looks real you have, hey, Go ahead, Sam. Hey, you have a theme. You have a theme, and so do I. I'm continuing with the early 2000s theme. I'm going Luke Donald at 6,300. Okay? He played some decent golf last week. I think that he can continue that. And then I'm going uh, Sahit Sigala, CJ Singh uh, at 6,700. So, so far, we have Davis Love the third, Luke Donald, and Sigala. Taylor, since my man Sam's a little scatterbrained this morning and just flew right past your second pick, why don't you give us two? <laughs> man, I'm just going with the flow this morning, guys. I'm having more fun than ever. Uh, oh, my gonna, fault. I'm going to jump all the way up from 7100 to the exact same price at 7100 Give me the two-glove band himself, Aaron Rye. I think Ooh. he's a birdie-making machine. I, I really like it. Didn't make the cut last week at the Sony, but before, uh, at the end of last year, had three straight top 20s on the PJ Tour, not in the European Tour, where he's known for playing good. So I really like Aaron Rye this week. I think two guys, 7,100, very good deal. Now I'm going to go up to what I think is the steal of the tournament, 7,300. My man Taylor Moore is going to finish top 20 this week. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that same range. Andrew Landry, a runner-up and a win here in the last four years. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I got a good feeling about these guys. Okay. And, and that's one of the things about this tournament. I've, I've said this for like 10 years. This is the hardest tournament to try to prognosticate who's going to win. The only thing that makes it harder this year is, is, is it going to be Cantlay or Rom? That's okay. really, really what I So, say. real quick, I'll, I'll throw a fun fact out here. Since <laughs> you mentioned this is a hard – it really is a hard tournament to handicap. Uh, the winners here over the last 10 years and their odds to win the event. In 2012, it was Mark Wilson. He was a field bet. He wasn't even individually listed. You could only bet him as the field. Brian Gay wins in 
it in 2013. He was 80 to 1. Patrick Reed wins it in 2014. Patrick Reed, at this point in his career, he was a field bet. This was at the very beginning of his career. Bill Haas, 25 to 1. Duffner, 40 to 1. Hudson Swafford, 50 to 1. John Rahm wins it as the tournament favorite in 2018, 8 to 1. Adam Long in 19 was a field bet. Andrew Landry in 2020 was 200 to 1. Siwoo Kim last year was 60 to 1. Very difficult tournament to pick the winner. They come from all over the pre tournament board. I'm going to go up to 7,600 with my next pick. The guy who won it in 2019 is a field bet. Give me Adam Long, plays this course really well. Uh, I think you'll have a good chance here. And then Adam had one. Last year, he finished T32 in this event. I expect him to be a fairly chalky pick, Taylor, as I'm assuming you have him based on your reaction to my pick. Uh, 32nd last year, the four years previous, second, third, second, sixth. He includes a 59 in there in one of those runner-up finishes. Adam Hadwin, 7,900 is my next highest pick. Adam Hadwin, 24 rounds in this tournament, has gained 2.28 strokes on the field. There's only one player who has bested that in double-digit rounds, and he will be coming up later in the show as well. And I look back on Adam Hadwin, it doesn't really matter what kind of form he has coming in this tournament. He always plays good at this course. So I'm going to roll with it 7,900. I think it's a great deal. All right. Well, I'm going to jump from uh, 6,700 to 9,900. I'm going Sungjae M. Uh, Sungjae obviously played some solid golf. Uh, on this course last year with three rounds in the 60s. He had one bad round in the third round, but still finished tied for 12th in this tournament. So Sung J M uh, is my pick there at 9,900. And then I'll go uh, another guy who I might pick two different guys to try to win this uh, in the one and done, try to get myself back in it. Tony Finau. Four rounds at 10,200. Four rounds in the 60s on this course last year. This seems like a horse-for-course scenario. Uh, I don't think it's just Cantlay and Rom this week. I think it's Cantlay, Rom, M, M or B now. These courses, by the way, plural. Not Nicholas course, yeah, die these course, courses. and champion course. Yeah, last year they exactly. last year they only played at uh, two of the courses. This year they're back to I can't remember which one they took off the uh, the rotation, but they're back to three this year. I'm going up to ninety three hundred. Oh, that's good. So that just basically shit on all of my thought process. So don't pick Finau or M. Yeah. By the way, and Sam forgotten. Some people out there probably forgot too that they limited the courses last year. Uh, I believe it was due to COVID. And this year they brought it back out. I, I don't know if they didn't have the logistics or what was happening last year. Maybe they didn't have the normal number of volunteers or employees that they did to run three courses. Last year, I think that they took the die course out because I remember watching the coverage and I remember seeing on Thursday and Friday Nicholas course and championship course. Well, th- that would add up then. And and also, too, it, it's not because they didn't want to not have cameras out there because they don't show any of the other shots when they're not on the stadium course anyway. Right. Th- so. this, is, this and Pebble are the tournaments where I give them a little bit of grace if we don't see every shot from the different courses because, I mean, 54 holes of golf is impossible to cover with the number of cameras they have. There are going to be shots that we just won't be able to see this week. Uh, of course. And at Pebble Beach, it's it's it kind of hurts you a little bit more because there's Cy- Spyglass and Monterey, the other two courses. They're a little more picturesque than, than the other two here. So, also, Pebble's tougher to watch because uh, they show you, I mean, half the coverage is just watching the celebrities just dance around and do dumb stuff and hit bad golf shots. And so, that's honestly, that's one of my least favorite tournaments of the year to watch. If it gets really hot down the stretch on Sunday, then that makes it fun. 
You know, guys, my next pick here, I don't think he's going to win the tournament, but he's one of those guys, I wouldn't be shocked if he actually won this tournament by multiple strokes. I just don't think it'll happen. That's Matt Wolf, 9,300. Going back to before the year started, a T11, T5, second place. I believe Sam picked him there when he was on his heater. So I I love Matt Wolf this week. Uh, He always plays good at birdie fest courses, sort of like Taylor Moore does. So I'm really loading up on some of the Oklahoma guys this week. I think they're going to do well. Yeah, no doubt. My, uh, My last two picks, I already mentioned this guy. The Mexican Allen Iverson, baby. 9,200 Abraham answer. Couple extra days. Again? You're rolling with him three weeks in a row? Couple extra days to come over. He missed the cut last week at the Sony. And the kiss of death. That could bode well. Sam, best cumulative score to par the last three years with the American Express. Abraham answer running away from the field. 55 under par the last three years at this event. He's finished 18th, 2nd, and 5th. In those three years, Abraham Manser is a dead ringer at this course. I don't mind that he missed the cut last week. Two extra days to get back over, get acclimated to the time zone change. Or the week before that. Uh, did not miss the cut the week before that because it was the century. If there was a cut that week, there's a good chance he would have missed yeah. it. But okay. he, he got six rounds in Hawaii, and now he's in California where in he's where? comfortable. Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii, Make sure yes. you pronounce it right, Colby. Yeah, he was in Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, and then my next guy, only guy in my lineup whose first name doesn't start with an A. I noticed that late, and I tried to go six for six, but I would have had to go way down. It's My highest pick is Patrick Cantlay. The next highest-priced guy whose name starts with an A would be Alex Noren at 8400 and I just wasn't willing to take the haircut from Cantlay to Noren. So I'll stick with Cantlay at 10-9. Could you imagine spending that lineup? Would you have $2,500 left over? Uh, well, I've got 100 so I'd have 2600 left over if I'd have gone down <laughs> for, the all a net, for the all A lineup. You know, guys, I mentioned earlier that there's only one person at this course who's played better than Adam Hadman. That's John Rom. In 12 rounds, getting 2.5 strokes on the field, and he's probably playing the best that he has in his entire career at this point. So, I left from John Rump, and I'm gonna, not going to lie to you guys, the guy that's probably going to win this tournament, Christian Bezatenhoek, the only week that I don't put him <laughs> in my lineup. He's going to win. See, Bezel, Sam, round us out. Give me Cantlay, 10,900, second best player in the tournament. have to go with him. I tried to get Rom in my DraftKings lineup, but I couldn't make it happen, uh, probably because uh, old Luke Donald was 6,300 instead of 6,000. Sam, you sent the lineup last night that I can't let and Rom in it. Yep, that I picked the other one. <laughs> well done, well played. Uh, moving over to the best bets portion of the show, I'm going to go with a Sooner and a Cowboy, right? Kind of in that middle zone where a lot of winners come from. Answer is twenty-eight to one. Wolf is thirty-three to one. Throw ten bucks on both of them and hope one of them cashes. Both of them have a good chance to win the tournament. You know, there's a good chance it's Rom or Cantlay, but I can't eat those odds. It's six to one for Rom. It's nine to one for Cantlay. Maybe they win the golf tournament. Maybe they don't. But I can't eat those short of odds. By the way, I think this is the highest Taylor Gooch has been on the board in his career. He is one, two, three, four, five. He has tied for the sixth best odds to win this event at twenty-five to one. Uh, he and Corey Connors both twenty-five to one. His odds are better than Answer, better than Wolf, Power, Henley, Reed. A lot of these guys. Patrick Reed's forty to one. The defending champ Siwoo Kim is 40 to 1 Ricky Fowler 50 to 1 so uh, Taylor Gooch finally getting the respect that he deserves any any favorite bets on your side Sam uh give me Sungjae or Finau to finish top 10 or top 5 what are those odds uh top 10 where I, I don't have top 10 odds for this event for some reason usually I have top 10 odds top this 5 week. do you have top 5 uh, I do have top five. Let's look at top five. American Express. Sungjae is five to one to top five. Finau also five to one 
to top five. So, I don't know. I like it. If Rom was 6-1 to one to win the tournament, what does he need to finish top five? Uh, plus 165. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Not Can't, even 2-1. to one. Can't plus 225. Gooch, by the way, only 6-1 to one to finish top five. Fourth place finish in this event last year for Taylor Gooch. What's Wolf? What's Wolf to finish top five? Uh, Wolf to finish top five is 7-1. to one. I like that. That's probably your best bet. Yeah, I think that's a decent play. Uh, by the way, we can start to throw out Randy's bets if we want to. Randy Williams plays quite a bit, and he's got some matchup bets this week. So we'll, we'll throw these out. He's got both of these are minus 110. He's got Matthew Wolf to beat Patrick Reed in a, in a head-to-head matchup at minus 110. He's also got Seamus Power to beat Russell Henley in a matchup uh, minus 110. I kind of dig both of those. I, I told you this before we recorded, Colby. Henley in six events here, 56, 49th, miscut, 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 miscut. And coming off the uh, the kind of defi- deflating loss that he had last week, I don't think Henley plays good this week. I don't think he makes Hey, it. I will say this. I would have loved those bets if they didn't come from Randy. Boy, that is a damn good point, Sam. Bit of a slap rock, bit of a slap rock, but uh, he's been he's been better lately. He's been on a little bit of a run kind of through the, the winter months here. Uh, Sam... Last week, you had old Chucky three sticks in the one and done for a grand total of $35,700, the only time in the last five years that he has not finished inside the top 20 at the Sony Open. So your heater from the fall has officially cooled, my friend. Who are you getting back on the train with this week in the one and done? No, 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 no. Chucky three sticks did what he was meant to do. He got me out of last place. All right. <laughs> so this, right, I'm not, I'm not in last anymore. So, what I need you to do, Colby, I need you to get the cards out. Oh, all I right? got them. Red cards are Sungjae. Black cards are Finau. Oh. All right. All right. You ready? Taylor, pick a card. Taylor, pick a card from Colby. Red, I'm, really so good. I'm so good at this. Here we red go. Red is Sungjae. Black is Finau. Six of clubs. It's a six of hearts. How about that? <laughs> All right, Finau's getting me back on track, baby. Tony Finau, one and done for Sam. Now, we did it on the show. Don't forget to go put it in on the website like I did last year. Uh, Tony Finau is who Sam has. Taylor, you had Mark Leishman last week, tied with Chucky Three Sticks, 35700 Big winner Quite impressive. last week, Mark Leishman. Uh, who do you got this week in the one and done? Well, you know, I, I do like the, the Finau pick. I'm actually going to save him. I use him at the Farmers every year, Tory Pine, so I'm going to say that. And... Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I cannot believe I'm making this pick. The reason is because I was trying to prognosticate who to pick, and all the guys that I thought were going to play this tournament have played good here aren't playing, like Ron oh, Palmer, no. Cameron Davis. So, oh, no. So I think I know what you're going to do. I'm going to do it. He's not going to win the tournament, but I think a best bet this week, the new father, Ricky Fowler, going to finish oh, top 10. I knew it. I knew you were going, Ricky. He's going to finish top 10. Really? Yeah. How about it? Going out on a limb early in the year? I mean, well, I, I said on the on the 2022 preview that he wasn't going to win a tournament this year, and I still believe <laughs> that. But I think Romer Cantley wins. I'm not going to use them for 1.3 million or whatever it is when I can use them at a bigger event. Because the thing is, you can use Romer Cantley here. There's a decent chance they win. But if they don't, let's say they finished like T8. All of a sudden, I mean, a T8 at this event is probably 112 thousand dollars. I mean, good grief! You can get them at a major where they finish T8 and cash 600k. It's it's all. Yeah, but if you're in last place, you got to get back in it. So I'm going P now, even though I would take him in a major normally. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy. So I had it narrowed down to Abraham Answer and Adam Hadwin. Those were the two I was going to go with. Both kind of horse courses here. Uh, Course horses, pardon me. I'm going to go with Hadwin because I just couldn't find anywhere else on the schedule where I would run him out. Maybe Phoenix, but there's other guys I would run out in Phoenix. 
this just seems like a spot where it's a hard tournament to predict. It's just, it's very random who wins this event. Throw out a guy that I really don't need the rest of the year and hope that he does what he did uh, the four years preceding last year. So I'll run out. Adam had one as my one and done pick this week. Uh, Abu Dhabi, any any favorites? Who you picking over there? Tyler Rory, uh, Morikawa, who you got? Yeah, that, one second. I got a DraftKings lineup. I'll just rattle off the names yeah, that I ahead. picked real quick. So um, Victor Hovland, Kyle Morikawa went kind of top heavy. Then I went uh, Thorborne Orlson. I think he's going to play good. Just recently got done. Uh, dro- they dropped the charges on his case. And it was actually playing good when all that was going on. Uh, the last few months, so I, I think he's going to come so, back. So you're saying you're saying they dropped Thor's charges, and now he's ready to drop Thor's hammer. Yes, the Mjolnir, <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. So, well, now, that would have been better if I wasn't stumbling over it. Thor's charges is harder to say than you would think, dude. That's I mean, you getting you're talking about Norse there, dude. I mean, that gets uh, good pretty long. Now I've got Matthew uh, Pavon, uh, Takui Kanyana, and then uh, Dean Burmester. Those guys are all around the seven thousand. What, what was that second the last name? You said I have that? no idea. I'm was trying that, to rattle them all fast. Was that Takumi Kanaya? Takumi Kanaya. What did I say? Takumi Kanaya. Kanaya. What did I say? You said Tataya. You said Takumi. <laughs> Tanya, I think. Something along those lines. You didn't say Takumi Kanaya. Well, my man doesn't have a picture here, so I was trying to scroll, and there, Japan just got this red dot How as a flag. How crazy is that, that he doesn't innovative. have a picture? Isn't he a top 50 player in the world? Uh, yes, he is. How does he not have a picture on, on DraftKings? He's no longer a top 50 player in the world. He's dropped down to 53rd in the world. That's big. That's big. Top 50. Hey, your, your best bet this week is Hao Tong Lee to finish top 10. Hey, did y'all see Hatong's glasses? Those are pretty cool. Those are some swag glasses. By the way, last week they thought that he needed to birdie 18 to finish top 10 and keep his tour card, and he hit it to six inches from 168 yards to make birdie, and then I'm pretty sure he finished like just outside the top 10. Oh, It was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. I'd have to go back and look at the lead. By the way. But I think he finished just outside. That's brutal. By the way, Colin Montgomery's playing in this tournament. What? The owner of the hit of the stinky choke. So, you're telling me that if you would have filled out DraftKings lineups for both events this week, Sam, you would have had Davis Love the third and Colin Montgomery. And Luke Donald, yeah. And Luke Donald, might as well throw, Might as well throw Ian Poulter in there and we could go, oh, who else is there? Who's an old guy here? Give me an old guy. Westwood, but Westwood's uh, too good of an old guy still. Is Sandy Lyle teaming yeah. up anywhere this week? <laughs> Thomas Bjorn, that's a good one. You get Thomas Bjorn. We'll go. Yeah, we'll go Thomas Bjorn, and we'll go, uh, let's see, Juice Luton. Juice Luton. Juice Luton. How about this, guy? So we're talking about how Tong Lee, if if he would, he finished T12. T12, yeah. Had he, if he would have hold out from there, would have got so excited, he still would have finished T11. Oh yeah, he would have. That would have been so. That would have been. Oh, that would have been horrible, but yet funny. At I the mean, same 168 time. yards on the broadcast. They're like, a birdie here could get him inside the top ten. Keep his tour card. Hits it to six inches. T12. Good on you, Hao Tong Lee. All right, that's oh, all we've got. The announcer said something wrong. I'm what, shocked. What you got, Sam? What you got? Eduardo Molinari. There Eduardo Molinari. Also, a name to look out for over there in Europe. Matthias Schmid. He's a beast. He Watch out player. for him. But yeah. but I'm picking Rory. So, anyways. And I'll say that was this, a roundabout way of saying Rory's going to win. I'll say this. I've talked so much smack on the Golf Channel coverage. It's not just the Golf Channel. It's this particular announcers. I'm going to love the Abu Dhabi coverage because the announcers over there do such a better job. It's not even but funny. you have to watch it on mute because you said you were going to watch all the Golf Channel broadcasts on mute. No, or did you clarify PGA Tour? I, <laughs> I, I, I had to clarify that it's the just the announcers that are the Steve Sands and the other guys. Let me ask I, you a question. Sony Open. 
coming down the clutch. Hideki hits the three wood. Are you on mute? I did. I had the. I had it on mute when the playoffs started. I turned it off mute when they were walking up to the green. Okay. And then, okay. I, then I turned it off because I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Uh, good stuff. That's all we've got for today. Next week, big week here on the 73rd hole. You're not going to want to miss any of it. Golf Oklahoma, our great partners, going to be down in Orlando for the PGA Merchandise Show. We'll have some great shows coming your way next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.